This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Come on. There it is. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by... Yak Gadget. For all your kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lighting. Go to pelican.com. The 153 Bait Company. For all your hard and soft bait needs, go to the 153anglers.com. Now let's get this show started. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Off the Water. I'm your host, JP. And on today's episode, awesome, awesome episode we're going to have. We're going to be talking about an up-and-coming brand in the fishing industry, one that you guys are going to start seeing around a hell of a lot more. But we're going to talk to the man behind this, and we're going to talk about Midwest Smallmouth. So without any further ado... I want to welcome Josh of Ashigan Brand Clothing, the official, the official uh, brand of Smallmouth. Welcome to the show. What's up, JP? Love it, dude. <laughs> Man, thanks for coming on tonight. Thanks for taking the time out. This is uh, this is pretty exciting because you know it's like uh, think about it. You, you, you could be talking to somebody who's uh, very small, humble beginnings, and next thing you know. Uh, you're going to be, you know, rolling it in like uh Patagonia. <laughs> Man, you know, that's funny. That's, that's sort of my, uh, goals for this company is, is to get it to some, you know, uh, level as, as a company like Patagonia or Sims or whatever, but, uh, yeah. we got a long, long road ahead of us. Uh, we're doing it, you know, sort of without a bunch of investment at this point. So, uh, yeah, man, we're just, honestly, we're just having fun with it right now. So. Hey man, and that's the best, you know, that's the best way to do it. You can't uh 
can't do something that you don't want to, can't have fun with, or, or that your heart's not in. And, yeah. you know, for anyone who, who is new to the brand or new to them, uh, I know a lot of our listeners from myself and uh, fellow host Brad Hicks, we've been promoting the heck out of you guys. But uh, I'm going to share with you what a Shigan really is. So let me pull up your guys' website. Share my screen here. And we're going to go to tab. All right. So this is your guys's. Uh, this is your guys' about us. So go ahead, man. Tell tell us tell us all about this brand, where it came from, how how this all came about. Yeah, man. Um, so you know, just to give a little bit of background on me. I'm sort of a uh, small mouth fanatic. Uh, you know, my my background. I, I've fished ever since I've been um, you know, a little little kid. Really, my dad was a big bass fisherman, and um, I got into smallmouth fishing. Uh, you know, it's about probably about 15 years ago, like pretty hardcore. I'd always fish for smallmouth, but just like wasn't dedicated to it. And I, I sort of fell in love with it. And, you know, one thing led to another and, uh, my buddy and I started a podcast called Smalley talk. And a lot of people know sort of that podcast. And, um, you know, we've, we're in our third season now and, you know, sort of just did that as a, way to you know just share our love with the the um public of you know our smallmouth adventures and uh you know my thing i've always owned um well i i started a small business with my brother uh about 12 years ago in the medical industry which is my day job and what that's afforded me is a little bit of um uh flexibility freedom to do other entrepreneurial things and you know, one of the things I always wanted to do is like, I wanted to start a company in the fishing industry, but I wasn't quite sure like what it was. I, I didn't want to start like something I wasn't uh, passionate about. Um, and I knew it was going to be around smallmouth. I didn't know if I was going to start, you know, like a smallmouth based like lure company or, you know, really had a bunch of different ideas floating around and really, you know, I'm 36 and I have two kids and it's sort of one of those things that I was like, man, I just need to, um, I need to pick something and just get it started and see where it goes. And so I, I, uh, found a couple of guys, um, that are pictured there on our website, um, Dustin and Andrew. And those are guys are both the really talented artists. And I asked them if they wanted to go into business with me and they're both, you know, really dedicated small mouth guys. Um, and they were like, oh, heck yeah. And so we started in my basement, just sitting around the table, just brainstorming different things. And we kind of came up with the term Achigan um, because it it's actually the term the Algonquin tribe used to describe smallmouth bass. And uh, it translates into one which fights, which anybody that's caught a smallmouth understands what that means mm -hmm. uh, because they're the you know hardest fighting freshwater fish, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, I mean, we just really started out as an apparel brand. Uh, you know, all of our designs are original. They're all, um, you know, we say, um, from our heads to our hearts, to our hands. So we're, everything is all original. It's all stuff we kind of come up with ourselves. And, uh, 
you know, and then right now it's, it's really just apparel. We got t-shirts, hoodies, sun shirts, um, hats, uh, stickers or decals, whatever you want to call them. Um, we got, you know, a buff launching next Friday or this Friday. Um, and then we have a whole bunch of other things to come, you know, so apparel for right now, um, you know, the, the other idea is to get, um, this company into some more technical gear. So we have a lot of products that on the table right now of, you know, sort of, uh, stuff you can actually use while you're fishing. Um, okay. so we're going to sort of attack the wet weighting market, um, which we feel is underserved right now. And a lot of guys that fish for smallmouth, uh, you know, they're wading creeks and rivers and stuff. So we're going to have some, hopefully over the next like 12 months, we'll, we'll drop some wet weighting gear. Um, so that's sort of the next phase of our plan, but yeah, that's, that's sort of what we're all about. So. Yeah, dude. And you know, like he said, from your head to your heart, to your hands, you know, this is something that you, you can see it in your guys's design. You can see it. I'm going to pull up your Instagram right now, but you can see it even in just the way you present yourself on social media. Um, You know, when you, when you're one second. So like let your, let our listeners know when you catch a 20, what's the call? (laughs) Uh, We go berserk when we catch 20s. Uh, I just caught a 20 uh, this Sunday and we did a little dance. We, you know, we're yelling, we're doing all kinds of stuff on social media. Um, But yeah, like, you know, that's one of the things like for me, like, here's the thing, like we we're like authentic people, right? Like we're authentic fishermen. That's a video you clicked on by the way. Um, But you know, I think it has your guys' hand in there. (laughs) yeah uh yeah so we're like we're like authentic fishermen like so our our thing is like you know sort of like all of our stuff is is from guys who get it like we get it because that's like what we're really passionate about and you know i have no like instagram's funny because i have years and years of pictures of smallmouth and release videos and stuff and uh, I have no shortage of content for our Instagram account. I can go back into the archives and get, <laughs> you know, pictures of all kinds of fish. Because um, a lot of what you see, like, you know, we put out, it's like, hey, man, this is a fish I caught like two or three years ago. But it was a cool, like, you know, release video or whatever. But yeah, sure. that's, I, I, I'm glad that you say that because it really means a lot. Like, that's what we're trying to portray. Like, you know, we want our stuff to have like that authenticity behind it like we're we're really just um we're 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 nuts over smallmouth and fishing and all the stuff we do is like like i said we're just having fun right now it is it is work and it's turned into i would say my wife is um (laughs) uh, i'm gone a lot more than i used to be with the stuff you know we're spending a lot of hours on it um but it's it's out it's like to me it's like um a, a labor of love you know stuff that i like doing sure. and so every hour we put into that it, it really is 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 something that you know i i i enjoy doing so so i, I pulled this up and we talk about you know getting it right and, and the lifestyle that comes and again there it 
smallmouth, you know, the way I look at it, being that I'm from Chicago, I'm from the Midwest, okay, we don't grow largemouth like they do down south, right? Right. We don't. We don't. It just we don't have the weather for it, but we do have the smallmouth here, and oh, yeah. the and the and you know I the smallmouth waters I have there's rivers, and there's the bit and when Mother Nature wants to cooperate, there's a big lake, and right here this quest for twenty three, you know it, it's it's funny because it's like okay yeah it's a little bit cliche twenty three inch smallmouth, but the twenty three inch smallmouth. Was actually actually it was twenty four and a quarter was what our state record was, and that was yep. seven and a half. That was seven and a half pounds for Illinois. That was two thousand. That's two thousand, and uh, that was two thousand nineteen. Uh, yeah, in Monroe so it was Harbor. just a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yep. And so my point is, is that you know I know I I just know twenty three is is the number personally to beat, but there's bigger and because like Lake Michigan, a lot of people are chasing after the salmon, the perch, all the other fish, but the smallmouth. So those it's an untouched fishery. So like yeah. every time I'm out and I get the, and that's the other thing from a kayak, you have to, you know, mother nature has to be in your favor in order to get out, to get out to those decent spots on that lake. But yep. when it does, I mean, it's, I mean, you're catching, you're catching biggins. And, you know, it's funny, the, I was out in the summer and I caught, I caught a 20, about four. He was actually, I had him on scale. He was pushing five. He was like four fourteen. That's big. And, oh, dude, just fat. And I moved about half an hour later. I moved down to my, to the next point that was coming off. And I was throwing a, I was throwing a jig with a speed crawl. And fishing about 25, 30 foot of water off this point. And I just watched the, it, this Goliath of a freaking smallmouth just stalk, <laughs> just stalk it all. I mean, he came out from the depths and just follow. I mean, there's nothing I could do. It's crystal clear water. So as soon yeah. as he see, as soon as he sees it to the boat, he's spooked. But man, I'm telling you that, that was it. Like that was, that was, it. that was, that was the 23, if not bigger. <laughs> Like I said, it came out. It came out of the depths. I, I damn near crept myself when I saw that thing. <laughs> yeah, well, especially if you just got a twenty, so you had a yeah. reference for it, right? The, uh, I mean, this was even bigger. I was like, holy yeah. shit! <laughs> yeah, man. The you know the twenty three thing for us is just it, so the I said you know I kind of skipped that part of where we started a podcast, but I started a blog. The quest for 23, 23 thing was like a blog. And the idea behind it is like, you know, obviously they're bigger than 23 out there, but 23 is sort of like a unicorn smallmouth. Like, you know, there's not a lot of people that have caught a 23 inch smallmouth. Like that's a pretty rare, especially in a river um, or even oh, yeah. like, you know, it's just like a rare, it's like, you know, it's like a, I would even say it's bigger. It's more like a 12 or 13 pound large mouth. You know, it's just like one of those, like, Man, they're out there, but they're really hard to catch, and they're smart because they're old. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, we sort of, um, you know, that's our benchmark. And you know, I have a couple twenty-one and a halves on my resume. Um, and I fish, you know, I I, I fish a lot. Um, 
and you know, I still haven't even broke 22. So hopefully one day, you know, we'll get that 23. Um, I, I can't say that I've had any that I was like, there was one time it was this season. Actually, there was one time where I was like, this thing may be a 23 and it, it wasn't, it was a 20, but it was the way, um, uh, it was on a bed and like, I, just the way it looked i was like oh dude this is such a huge fish and i was somewhat disappointed when i caught it, it was like the only 20 i've ever been disappointed that i caught <laughs> but uh <laughs> um but yeah other than that man you know we've all lost big ones i've never had one on i was like oh man that's the biggest smallmouth i've ever seen um but yeah you know um it's uh hopefully one of these days man just i'm i'm sure at some point i'll, I'll catch one but uh, it, it's it's going to take a special set of circumstances. I'll say that. Oh yeah, it's just like you know, it, it's like you know, you yeah, you could catch a bunch of small, but when you're going after that twenty three, it's like the elusive musky. You just keep it's ten thousand plus another ten thousand. You got to retie another. That's another ten thousand. So you, you're going to keep casting, but one day, one day it'll yep. happen. I've I've heard of uh, <laughs> I've heard of a few. Um, or a very small amount in Indiana, but I think, you know, from, you know, from my perspective, uh, you have a lot better chance to catch it in other parts of the country. Um, and you know, th those are just tough for me to get to because, you know, we live in Indiana. There, there are definitely 23s in Indiana, uh, but it, it's not, <laughs> I can count on one hand how many that I've actually, uh, had people catch or seen people catch in the last decade. So it's a tough ask in Indiana. You know, we and the other part too, where you're where you're at, you're you're in central Indiana, right? Or even close to southern, if I'm not mistaken. So, so we, I live basically just south of Indianapolis. Like I, I can get downtown in like 20 minutes. So Okay. So you're you're a solid three hours away from Lake Michigan. Yep. Yep. Yeah, three hours plus. Which I was in Laporte, Indiana today, so I was pretty close. So yep, yeah, and that and that's the that's the other thing that that goes un unfounded and unreported are guys who you know are fishing for whatever, especially like right now, guys who are fishing for uh, the the trout run that's that's going on. You know, the trout and the smallmouth live in the same water. They feed on the same. They're feeding on the same thing. Um, you know, I, I heard in my neck of the woods at Montrose Harbor, there was a guy who was, uh, steelhead fishing and he said, uh, and he had, he didn't have a, a catch board or anything, a tape measure 22 and three quarter with, but yeah. that was with the mouth open, but nonetheless, you can't discredit how big of a fish that is. Now that no, guy actually, that, that guy, that guy put it in the newspaper how many people don't, you know, especially older guys, don't have internet access or, you know, don't want to give it up and, yeah. you know. Or they, don't even measure it. <laughs> right. You know? You, you know, or have no idea that they landed, you know, one of the biggest smallmouth to come out of that water. They're yeah. there. It's just, oh, yeah. you know. Uh, there's definitely, I mean, especially when you talk about the Great Lakes, I mean, you guys have some crazy like the goby population in there those, yep. those things like or the smallmouth just have have flourished with you know that invasive species but um 
you know, that's a whole like Michigan is definitely um, definitely holds lots of 23s. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure for 100 yeah. percent. You know, that area by in Indiana uh, from East Chicago, from Hammond to Gary that I mean, there's reports all the time. Guys, you know, who are in bass boats, not measuring, but weighing, you're getting five, six pounders coming out of there. So that's that's definitely within that, you know, 20 plus, you know, range, you know, for those smallmouth and their their footballs. And that's Indiana that you go to Michigan, come over on our side. It's just like I said, you gotta get mother to mother nature to cooperate with you on this. <laughs> yeah. The guy that caught the state record uh, in Illinois, he caught that like off the bank. In like the yeah. Chicago River, didn't he? No, no, no. So he he was in a harbor, and uh, it's a it's a concrete. It, it's just a concrete walkway that uh, goes alongside the harbor. It runs north and south parallel with the lake, and uh, all he was doing actually, what what I understand what he was doing is he had a he had a uh, peanut butter and jelly TRD, yeah, TRD tied on. So he casted it out, and all he was doing was walking it up and down, and letting it kind of, almost like a troll. Yeah, and uh, foot and, troll. and <laughs> right foot troll because all the they there was a and again we had an abnormally warm uh, fall this year, so a lot of the boats were pulled out because at that time we were get we were getting like snow and stuff, so they were pulling boats off the harbor really fast. So. There was no boats, so he could cast as far as he wanted and just walk it. And I know I fished that area. I know that area well. It's from where he was standing. It drop. It kind of drops off like a bowl, and it's one. If you cast out, it, like if you're trying to catch the uh, break wall, and it sinks in the middle, it's one big bowl that slopes like that, and that he probably had a, in the right place at the right time. And you know that that small he was holding right there. How far is it, like, when he had to land it, did he have to, like, winch it up? Like, is it off the water at all, or are you, like, down he, no, the water? No, you, you, if, you if you got on your belly, you can, you can grab it. Okay, okay. Yep. Because I know some of those spots uh, I've seen downtown, you're, like, they those guys have big old long nets that they use to, like, scoop them up with and stuff if you're fishing, like, kind of up off the water. Yeah, those are higher break walls where he was at. Um, it's pretty, that break wall is, is pretty close level with the, with the actual water. Actually, the water's been a lot higher. So even at, you know, even without any wake, it's kind of, it's almost level, you know, maybe a half foot down. So you're, you're right yeah. there on top of it. So yeah, no problem landing it for sure. That's cool. Well, if I'm, uh, next time I'm, uh, in Chicago, I'm gonna go hit that place up, <laughs> dude. At least go check it out. Bring, bring your yak. I'll take you out. I'll, we'll we'll, we'll get right. some smallies while we're out there. All right. So speaking good, of speaking of smallies and the brand, man, I want to kind of go uh, just kind of go over some of the stuff you guys have on your websites. Uh, looking at some yep. of your t-shirts. Uh, so here's a new one right here. This was one of your newer releases. This smallie one T, right? Yep. Uh, what's the design behind that guy? So that, the idea? that was one of, uh, so when we originally started the company, uh, we sort of went through our, um, you know, process of, of doing a logo 
And that was actually one of the original like logo concepts that we had had narrowed it down. I would say I think that was probably in our top like five. Um, and so what we did is like, hey, like the ones that didn't get cut as our main logo, um, we'll just use those as like future designs. So that was one of them. We actually nobody knows this. This is um, somewhat of an exclusive uh, bit of information here, but that we're coming out with the hoodie just uh just prior to black friday we're coming out with a hoodie with that same design as well so we'll have that awesome. um you know here in a, in a couple weeks so we're gonna have two new hoodies um and then the buff and then uh and then we got a whole slew of new stuff coming in between thanksgiving and christmas as well oh man so yeah we'll my, have my, my, my uh my fingers are going to hurt from typing in that debit card number. I think I got it automatically <laughs> saved right there. <laughs> yeah, we got, um, so we have, uh, some like beanies, um, that we're going to be launching. So, uh, you'll, you'll see those. So some, uh, you know, sort of stuff for the winter, you know, early springtime. And then we'll have some hoodies. We have, I have one, one new kind of line of stuff. They're all like similar designs, different colors and stuff that are, I'm I'm somewhat excited about. I'm not going to give away exactly what it is, uh, but uh, we'll have like a sort of line of stuff that I think guys that um, are into smallmouth will appreciate because it's like one of those Sweet. things when people see you wearing it, they'll be like, "Oh, that's a smallmouth guy." Like they'll know exactly what it means. So, oh, absolutely, hell yeah! So, and uh, just for the record, again, you're hearing it first. Another uh, someone else has released their juice. Here exclusively on <laughs> off the water, this yep. is going to be your number one source for for uh, for juice being squeezed, man. Everyone's letting it out here, so you guys yep. keep on listening. You guys get you know you guys get in on it before anybody else. <laughs> yeah. So man. I'm going to click on, on this is the shirt, uh, the sun shirt that I'm wearing. I think this is probably the coolest design ever, um, especially the way uh, the band is designed so let me pull up the back yeah that's a so we call that our smally snacks uh sure and it's uh oh crap sorry tell, yeah if you can tell that's um you know oh, actually each, yeah here we go all right let me uh there we go so yeah each each letter is a different uh different you know type of smallmouth forage so you got a crawfish you got a big eye shiner there Dragonflies, yep. Helgermite, um, you got a salamander, and then um, uh, what's the next one? Oh, cicada. Cicada. So, yeah, and then uh, oh. what's the Dang last answer. one? What's the end? Oh, yeah, it's a frog, toad. Um, yep. So, yeah, and all those and are... And then you got the fighter. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so Andrew, that was sort of his piece de resistance uh he was he worked on that for probably oh gosh three months drawing those things um and he was super excited about it so so yeah that's um we we do have those in stock right now uh we will be running a nice uh black friday special on those as well so that's also unannounced but um <laughs> you know yeah we run it run a special on those and and special on a couple other items. So, yeah. You know, and for me, I am, um, dude, if there's something I'm a sucker for, it is this right here stickers. 
<laughs> oh man. I I and especially like designs like this. Dude, I have I have Yetis, I have my locker at the firehouse, I have I mean just everywhere where I could stick stuff, my kayak on the back of my truck. So I am a sucker for uh for stickers. Like uh this guy right here is on the face of my laptop. Um yep. actually I, I I gotta ask you, are you guys going to do an inverted design on this uh torpedo decal? Um I, we haven't really thought about it, but uh, hey, that's that's a good idea. So you know why? Because I need one on. The, I have that on my left side on the bow of the kayak. I need one to mirror it on the other All side. Right. All right, sounds good. <laughs> we'll work on that for you. There you go. Uh, uh, but yeah, and even like this, I, I love this one. Where the smallmouth are. It's like to me this this sticker design kind of reminds me uh, if you're looking at the book as when I was a kid where the wildings are. Like it yep. just your imagination just fills with it. I got this one on my uh, my Yeti uh, water bottle and it's dude, it's awesome. It fills in nice because it's that nice green background and the color contrast goes great with it. So, dude, kudos to you guys and, and the way these products have come out. I mean, I I absolutely love them this yeah, guy's on my great. truck right here so yeah i mean this guy's hanging up in my locker so i am a sucker for stickers i mean uh, if there's anything yeah. else if i can walk away dude it's funny like i'll go on uh trips to like the national parks you know people buy you know shirts and whatever yep. me give me me and my buddies have saying patches pins and stickers we don't need anything else <laughs> but the memories that come from that trip that's all we yeah. want. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way, man. That picture at the top of that page is the back of my forerunner. So <laughs> you can tell I like uh I like stickers as well. I have them on everything. So Yeah, so, dude, yeah. It's, it's the best. So, you know, I and are you guys uh so you guys have the Black Friday sale coming up. You guys are gonna start looking that's why I wanted to ask you guys. So when you guys and if you you know, you don't have to go into true depth and detail, but when you guys are starting to get into the technical wear, so like the waders and stuff, what are you looking at to uh, improve from what's out in the market right now? Like what would Sims or NRS have? Where are you guys going to change the game? Yeah, so I would say um, we're going to focus, uh, sort of I was hinting at earlier, is we're going to focus on the wet waiting market. So, okay, you know, when you look at like Sims and and – um, you know, there's a bunch of other companies that, that make, you know, those sorts of products. A lot of them are based out of, um, like trout fishing, you know, they're yeah. guys that are fishing cold water stuff and, you know, which, you know, that's sort of like when you think of like wading in a river, you know, that's what you think of like the fly fisherman fishing for trout, right. Or salmon mm -hmm. or whatever. Well, smallmouth are, they, they're in warmer you know, flows. Um, so, you know, in the springtime I'm wearing waders, but you know, as soon as, you know, probably, uh, the spawn ends, like I'm, I'm in, you know, uh, pants and, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, wet shoes and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting in the water, getting wet. And, you know, there's, there are some products out there for that, but I feel like, you know, I feel like that market is underserved. Like there's not, as many products that are specifically designed for uh, the the guy that's that's getting his um, feet wet, as opposed to the guy that's in a you know mountain type stream and uh, you know they're in waders. So we're gonna you know kind of goes 
goes with what I was saying earlier. Like we're authentic guys. We're authentic fishermen. Mm-hmm. I feel like we understand what's out there, what price points things are at, who it's targeted towards, you know, right now, you know, if you go buy uh, the fly fishing market is great. You know, the fly, I'm not a huge fly fisherman, but I do, I do fly fish. Um, some fly fishing stuff is expensive, man. I mean, it is crazy expensive brother let me tell you right now these guys uh chicago fly shop today bought this hat today but um not only that there's a bag of goodies over there there's about 200 dollars. yeah i mean that's nothing i mean that's right. nothing to go in a fly shop and spend 200 bucks and that's good for those guys you know but i yeah. think a lot of guys that you know fish for smallmouth and in, in smaller creeks and rivers which is a lot of guys like i i think that's a uh, pretty common you know we always you know think of like oh you know the hardcore guys out there that are you know out fishing tournaments and stuff even even kayak fishing takes a uh, a sort of like threshold of commitment right like mm-hmm. if you get a fishing kayak like you have to you have to get a you know kayak and then you got a paddle and then your pfd and then you're you know got your rods and you know all that yep. stuff adds up whereas the you know a lot of people that just like to go enjoy themselves they just need a rod, you know, uh, and something to carry their tackling, and they just want to go fish. And that's the m- market we're sort of looking at right now is like, all right, what what's out there that, like, it doesn't quite fit into that wet waiting niche. Um, and I can, you know, for me, that's what I grew up when I was, you know, 11, 12 years old. I was waiting in the local creek fishing for smallmouth, and, you know, back then I was wearing old tennis shoes and gym shorts and, <laughs> yep. you know, but over time I was like, Oh, it'd be nice to have this and nice to have that. And there are things out there that you can use. But like I said, they were sort of designed in the, um, for like the trout guys. And then, you know, you go to a fly shop, you, you spend 150 bucks on a chest pack or something You're like, yeah, this works, but it's like designed for a fly box. And it's not really like, you know, it's not well thought out for what I'm doing. And we're sort of going to attack that market. And then also, you know, I think subsequently we'll also cater to some of the bank fishing guys as well. Um, Because a lot of stuff that you would use for wet wedding, you would also use for, um, uh, you know, bank fishing. So, you know, that's going to take a a little bit more capital to do that. It's going to take some more time. Um, And we have some, you know, rough kind of plans sketched out. That's where I see like the next sort of, iteration of a Chigan is like, Hey, we can take it, you know, out of apparel and we'll still, the apparel thing will always be a part of what we do. Um, but I want to start, you know, pushing towards that, um, product set and, you know, it may be harder than I'm thinking it's going to be, but, um, I, when I set my mind some to do something, I, I do it. So we'll, <laughs> we'll do oh, it dude, one way or absolutely. Other. And, you know, and, you know, you, you talk about, you know, getting into an aspect you know you're you're going you're going where there is a market for this you're going somewhere you're going where the territory hasn't been explored right because there's a lot of diy that's out there i mean you know there's a lot of guys who are making homemade things to uh supplement what you are embarking on right now and with you being the i wouldn't say the only people out there who are doing it or the only company but you are amongst a small group 
And I, I think because your guys' experience as fishermen, uh, not only from the bank, but you know, for, on the water, whether it's in the jet boat, the kayak, or in a regular boat, uh, you guys are all doing it every which way. So that plays in you that plays into everyday use and design where you have guys, you know, at, you know, brand X or brand Z who, you know, it's someone who went to college for four years, never fished in her life, but just because he knows schematics and, and can look at something and go, Oh, this might work, but don't, and doesn't know what's out there in the products out there or how to maneuver the terrain. Uh, you guys can have the upper hand on that and definitely excel in that market. Yeah. Boom. Hopefully, man. I mean, I, I, I'm a big, you know, for, in, you know, we can talk about sort of like the fisheries in Indiana if you want at some point, but, um, you know, I, (laughs) yeah, Indiana is, is for smallmouth. You're kind of confined to rivers unless you do go up way up North. Um, so I spend a lot of my time, like there's, you know, my favorite river in Indiana is floatable up until about June. And then after June, like you can float some of it, but like, if you want to get on it, like you're, you're waiting. It's just, it's just the fact of life. And so I spend yeah. a lot of my time wet waiting. That's something I go do um, quite a bit. So, you know, I understand, like, like you said, I understand like what the frustration points are and the pain points are for like the stuff that's out there. And, you know, I've had everything from, you know, like I said, gym shorts and tennis shoes all the way up to, you know, $600 G3 waders that I have. And I, I kind of understand what works and what doesn't. Now, it may, you know, when you get into engineering and stuff, things sound really good in your head. And then when you try to do them, you're like, oh, wow, that doesn't work <laughs> like you thought it would work. Um, right. But, you know, I'm my other medical business that we, we solve a lot of problems like that from an engineering standpoint. I fit like uh, do like medical uh, sort of complicated medical bracing and stuff. And I'm involved in a lot of the R&D, you know, to try to, you know, solve some problems with that. So I sort of have a background in that stuff. And I'm hoping that's going to translate over to to doing some stuff in the fishing industry. So. Oh, for sure, man. And I, you know what, from the bottom of my heart, I wish you guys nothing but the absolute best. You know, you got, you got, you got a, uh, you, you got a plan set out. You have you have the resources in terms of experience and knowing what you want to want to do with it. And, you know, just like anything else, it, you start off with organic following and then it just starts growing and growing. The more growth you get, the bigger it's going to take off. And, you know, next thing you know, you're, you're going to be, you're not going to have time to fish because you're going to be running a company, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, at some point it'd be great. Uh, You know, we're not, right now like we don't pay ourselves anything like we're putting all that money back into the company we all three have you know sort of day jobs mm-hmm. um but uh we do we did you know we do have an office now so we're not running out of my basement anymore and um you know uh it's if it gets to the point where i'm this is taking so much time this is my full-time gig and it's it's doing well i'll i, I i'm okay with fishing a little less so um <laughs> sure. but uh you know what we this is for us we realize this is you know sort of a five to ten year plan and not like a five to ten month plan um so you know we're taking our time and you know you you take advantage of opportunities as they come along and that's sort of the only way you can do it i'm not a guy that's like 
oh man, I want to just grow this thing, grow this thing and try to flip it and sell it to, you know, some big, you know, corporation or something. I, I really want this to be a business that, that I'm a part of for a long time. And, uh, my partners are the same way. So we'll, uh, we'll see where it goes, but yeah, man, we're, we're excited about it for sure. Awesome. Well, let's, uh, you hinted at it. Let's talk about, man, let's talk about some of these, uh, small mouth fisheries in, uh, in Indiana and, and within, you know, cause a lot of these rivers that are in Indiana, some of them, you know, come from Illinois, some yeah. come down from Michigan. So, you know, let, let's talk, let's talk it, man. Tell me what, where you got, where, where's your favorite? You don't have to give up juice spice, but you know, what's your favorite place to fish for us? Uh, oh, I have no, yeah, I'm not going to like hide, hide <laughs> anything. I mean, anybody that knows anything about Indiana, smallmouth, it's, you know, there's not a ton of places. So it's like, you know, the, the good ones people sort of know about. And, you know, the one I was actually referring to earlier, Sugar Creek, which is, okay, I would call that, um, uh, it's a river, but uh, the upper stretches fish more like a creek, but it's a, it's a small river um, and it flows into the Wabash. So it's, yep. it's free flowing all the way from its, you know, uh, beginnings in a cornfield, wherever the spring that you know, starts its way up stream, um, all the way down to the Wabash. It's free flowing. They actually just took out the only dam that was, there's an overhead dam that they just took out like two months ago. Um, so it's a hundred percent free flowing. Um, the river in most sections, uh, it's got a one, uh, 20 inch limit smallmouth per day. So it, they've sort of, there's a, a local guide, Chad Miller, who was part of, sort of instituting that um that 20 inch trophy limit and mm-hmm. that uh, combined with the fact that it runs through two state parks um sort of uh, uh protected i would say more of a protected um and it's scenic it's super scenic um and that river from you know it runs i think free flowing about 64 miles and that thing is just it's a great river so that's probably what i consider my home river even though it's about a uh, hour from where i live um that's what i consider my home river and then um uh, then yeah you have white river that runs right yep. through this heart of indianapolis uh which has gotten a bad rap over the years um because of you know it's runs through industry so you know we have some pollution and stuff um some places are better than others they are working on a, a two billion dollar when i say it's a b with the Billion with a B, capital um, B, <laughs> that two billion dollar project to uh, clean the White River up. So they're actually digging a huge rock tunnel, and they're diverting all the runoff from the city underneath this rock tunnel. And so it's got it's some crazy like it's like fifteen billion gallons a day of water that is like going to be diverted that's not flowing into the river. Um, it's like some crazy amount. So they're they're you know, over the next like five to 10 years, that river is going to get completely transformed from what I've been told. Um, but that even right now, it's an excellent fishery, like smallmouth. It, it probably outfishes about any other river in Indiana, just being honest. Um, yeah. you know, from a size and quantity standpoint, it's a great river and, uh, there's, you know, you can fish it Really, it's the West Fork of the White River. Um, you can fish it uh, all the way from, um, you know, up 
up towards uh, like Muncie, Indiana, all the way down, really down south of Sydney. And once you start getting south of the city, um, it starts changing a little bit. Um, it's more of like a sandy river than a than a rocky river. Um, okay. So the smallmouth fishing, smallmouth populations decrease, and then you get more like largemouth and spots sort of once you get down further. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you got, you got, uh, the tip of canoe. We were just talking about that. That's another, yeah. I would say that's probably if you're, if you're going for like the upper, upper end river fish, that's the place you want to go. Um, I have seen one twenty three out of there before. Um, that's a, it's a great river. There's a upper section above some reservoirs. There's a lower section below it. It all fishes mm-hmm. well. It's different. Um, uh, that's the one that I just caught a 20 incher on, on uh, Saturday. So, um, and then, were you uh, fishing, uh, above or below, uh, Schaefer below. Okay. So yeah, See, we, it seems to be the bigger ones are, are below, uh, Schaefer and Freeman. Yeah. And I yeah. think that a lot of that has to do with, cause it's connected to the Wabash. So all those fish in the Wabash yeah. can run up in there. Um, and I'm sure they live there, but, you know, it's controlled flow, so it never gets blown out. Um, yeah. Which a lot of rivers in Indiana, that's a that's a that's a problem, right? Like it's a problem flooding. for us up here. Yeah. Yeah. So that dam really does a good job of um, protecting those fish from having to leave, essentially, and getting flushed out of their spots. Um, that river is interesting. It's um, it's the supposedly I think it's the either second or first. Uh, most biodiverse river east of the Mississippi. So mm. it has a really like a uh, rare uh, freshwater clam that is native to that river. And they actually have a, um, a minimum flow requirement for that dam uh, to, to keep those um, freshwater clams like healthy. And um, so it never drops below uh, 500 CFS. That's like the minimum flow that they have to pump out of that dam. Um, and it, um, it, it has everything from, you know, huge carp to, uh, musky drum. Um, you know, I've caught a bowfin out of there, uh, yeah. small mouth, large mouth spots. There's everything. It's a crazy, it's a crazy fishery. Like rarely do you fish that and not catch at least four or five different species of fish. And we, day. uh, when we were there for the uh, paddle and fin trail series, uh, myself, um, Brian Sheeler, and uh, who was with us? Oh, uh, was it? I forgot who else was with, was with us. But right around where the uh, Indiana Beach State Park is, or mm-hmm. the state park, the not the state park, Indiana Beach, the, yeah, uh, the amusement the park. park. Yep. Yeah, we dude, we uh, oh. Mike Grimsley got into a bunch of um, of uh, white bass there. Oh yeah, and yeah. oh man, and we're marking schools. Then we we hooked up with a couple, uh, but man, just the immense. I mean, I mean, they're just stacked in there. It's crazy. Um, actually, yeah. I did get one further downstream from there uh, that was a sixteen. So for for white bass size, that's a pretty big white bass. Yeah, they have a. Um hybrids uh in the river down the down below and my buddy caught one last uh i think it was last year and it was we didn't weigh it but it it was 
seven eight pounds it was big um, oh state dude, that's record, awesome yeah state records out of there actually out of oakdale dam um okay yeah so it's 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 got a lot of it's just a cool place to go um but yeah tippy's a tippy's fun it's just a little bit for it's an hour and 40 minutes or so from where i live so we sure you know if we go up there and the the access is somewhat limited so it's it's like a minimum Very. like nine to ten mile float and that's why the jet boat um will take that up there a lot of times just to you know sort of uh not be stuck on the river all day long if it's a crappy day or something like that yeah um, but yeah it's a great river you got you know and then from there there's a lot of smaller streams you know you got um some like creek more like creeks that are feeder you know into like white river has a lot of good feeder creeks and then um uh, there's a the Flat Rock River is pretty good. The Blue River is pretty good. We got Whitewater River is pretty good, and those are all sort of like you know scattered throughout the state. Um, but you know they all have their days. You know, oh, yeah. they have their days. So you get on there, and you know it's like, yeah, you have a great day, or you see a bunch of big fish, and um. Yeah, but Indiana is, is, I would say it's very limited. Smallmouth fishing, like, if you went, maybe besides Ohio, which I know Ohio has Erie, so that's different. Ohio and Illinois, eh, you know, it's got, it's got, they have their places, but, you mm-hmm. know, you go up to Michigan, it's like smallmouth oh, paradise. <laughs> you know, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Even, like, Tennessee, uh, yep. you know, unbelievable smallmouth. you know, there's so many states that have like crazy diverse, like river systems and in lakes that are just great, great smallmouth. Indiana is just, I would, I would give it like a D <laughs> if I could grade <laughs> it as a smallmouth uh, state. It's, it's okay. It has some places, but it's definitely not like if I'm going to, if I have a week of vacation and I'm like, man, I'm just want to go and fish somewhere like, I'm I'm probably not spending in Indiana. Like we're gonna go travel and and go, uh, you know, and and we sort of do that. You know, we travel around and been been in caught. I need to look at my tally of the states that I've caught smallmouth in, but it's a lot. Like I have, I think it's oh I've caught smallmouth. I think in 13 different states. So okay, um, sort of working. Uh, I'd like to catch one in every state that they exist in, which is. Florida and Alaska, I know, do not have smallmouth. Other than that, I think they're about in every state. So, uh, Florida, it. what is, um, what is, no, I, you know what? So, I don't know. In, what is, uh, what is that? Is it a, not a Guadalupe bass, a, a shoal bass? Yep. It's a combination of a, uh, of a smallmouth and a largemouth together that are in those, uh, river systems down there yeah the the shoal bass is like native to uh like the um, i think it's the apalachicola like river and then everything yeah. connects to that smallmouth is interesting and i i may be screwing this up but we've had we had a uh, fish biologist on our our podcast and he was talking about the native range of smallmouth and sort of like the furthest south that they're native to is the tennessee river uh, it, it makes like a U-turn in Alabama, like Northern yeah. Alabama. So and on like, Gunnersville and uh, Pickwick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that little U-turn is as far as the native range of smallmouth. Now smallmouth have been transplanted everywhere. Um, 
like there's smallmouth like in Texas in the desert. Yeah. Um, there's smallmouth in you know yeah the Devil's River. There's smallmouth. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and those are all transplanted. You know, like there's smallmouth in California. There's smallmouth, but smallmouth are actually their native range is the the Mississippi River. So that's sort okay. of like everything connected to the Mississippi is sort of like where smallmouth naturally subsisted and then everything like even in canada those are all transplanted smallmouth um at some point somebody put them on a train or something you know took them <laughs> took them somewhere but it's crazy there i think they are in every single state like now besides a i think are the only two that don't don't have any document documented catches anyways yeah um but uh yeah man it's a uh, it's it's uh it's fun to to travel around and do do those sort of uh, smallmouth trips because you go to some places man and it's just like golly i can't believe like almost what you were saying with the uh, um like michigan it's like man nobody fishes for them up here like it's not it's not even like a thing so you're like you have it all to yourself it's it is yeah. wild so oh absolutely yeah it, it's it's awesome and that you know uh, and that come that came like a big decision for me this year, especially with traveling. Was, you know, I'm like, do I want to spend a lot of money, like go to Lake St. Clair or go to East West Harbor, or even take another trip? Because I already went on a trip to Gunnersville, take a trip down to Pickwick or Wheeler, you know, down yep. that, you know. And I'm like, you know what? I honestly let me let me figure out the let me hammer in. The days that I'm able to, because again, the weather and you know I'm from the Midwest. You know the whole thing, the windy city. All it has nothing to do with the wind. It, it's the politics. But we yeah. be, being on, and that's like the one thing people who aren't from who aren't from you know the Great Lakes area or, or don't understand big bodies of water. So you can have a sunny, clear day, right? But if you have a sustained wind out of whatever direction it is, you get waves, yep. rollers. You're talking about one to two foot waves where, oh, it, you know, it might look nice on the surface, but when you're on a, when you're on a vessel out there, you're trying to, it, it, it makes for a hard time. Even with spot lock, you're not staying in position all the time because you're constantly getting moved around. Um, yep. And as you know, it, it's when you're trying to fish for small, and it it, it, it does become dangerous because then you have wake because you have big. When you talk about big, we're not bass boat. Bass boats don't bother me. Bass, I could get zipped by a bass boat and be fine. However, when you got these giant yachts that open yeah. up out there, I mean, dude, the wave coming, it's like it's like a tsunami. It just keeps like gaining strength and getting bigger. You're like there's times where I'm fishing and I, I'm like in a good spot. I'm like, oh man, this is great crap i gotta turn my freaking bow into this wave otherwise i'm going i'm going with the wave i mean it it's it, it, like the it, ocean gets, yeah, <laughs> yeah it gets really dicey so you have to you know as fun as it is and they're there you have to you have to know you have to have a level of uh awareness you're you have to have situational awareness just you know like anywhere else but even more out there because you know i and I'll be a, hey, it's my podcast. I'll say it just like, I'll call it what it is. 
I will say about 90% of the people who are boating out there are intoxicated and they're not yeah. looking out for they're not looking out for you. And quite honestly, they could probably care less about what happens to their to their boat because they got they they have a, you know whatever boat's worth a, a policy to cover it. So right. You know, it's uh and being a I, I, being a fireman with the with the city and knowing the water response, I mean, from the time the boats are in the water to the time they're out, you're doing at least five, six water responses a day, and there's okay, a lot, dude. there's a lot of casualties that come out that come out of these responses. So, you know, you gotta, you know, you, that's why, like, especially in the summer, it, I'm up, I'm on that water at sunrise, and uh, I'm off by by noon. Just yeah. that's the safest way to play it. Yeah, so are you a firefighter then? Yeah. Oh, cool, man. My brother's yeah. a, uh, on IFD, so. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll probably wind up seeing him uh, end of March, beginning of April for uh, FDIC then. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh, – he left the – I bought him out of our medical business to – he wanted to do that. So he's – yeah, he's kind of in that world. That's a cool – that's a cool gig, man. That's a, that's a neat oh, yeah. job. So It's – we we just got a uh, new guy the other day, just fresh out the academy. Didn't know anything about firefighting. He's a first generation, kind of like how I was. And uh, his uh, his remarks to how his first day was, he's like, "Man, this place is cool. We're we're our firehouses. We're we're in the roughest part of the city. Um, very 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 uh, dangerous. And yeah. uh, we treat our we treat our firehouses like." Man, this place is like a frat house. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny because the fire guys, uh, from what I've understood, they like they want to be in those rough areas because it's oh, yeah. you get all the good calls. So yep. you know, you end up going to getting actual fires and yeah, you're getting like uh, a lot of stuff that I don't know if I would want to go through, <laughs> but you know, overdoses and crazy. I mean, I've heard all kinds of crazy stories, so I'm sure you you've experienced all the same stuff. So Oh yeah, no, and uh, you know I've been to India a few times too. Um, I network with guys from there. Uh, I got a few guys who left the left Chicago to uh, go on Indianapolis too. So yeah. I still got I still got some network uh, contacts down there too. So yeah, it's cool. Know, man. We'll have to connect you with my brother for sure. So yeah. Um, yeah. real quick, this wouldn't be off the water without talking about a couple of things off the water. We go really fast with it. Sure. All right. So. In Indiana, if you had a, if I was come, if I, when I come back down for FDIC, uh, where should I go eat that I don't already know? Mm, that's a good question. Um, so there's a restaurant called Livery. Um, okay. It's, it's a Cuban restaurant. And it's, uh, if you, Cuban food is, uh, uh, it's not very prevalent here, but this restaurant is fire, dude. You should right. go go to livery. And then right next door, there's a place called St. Joe's brewery. It's an old Catholic church that converted to you a know, brewery. You're jumping ahead of the show. Here, okay? all right, all right. All <laughs> keep right. it going. Keep it going. <laughs> no, no, yeah, the St. Joe's. I got another brewery for you. If that's another question. So, yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, livery is where I'd recommend it. And if you, if you have, I'm assuming you've been to St. Elmo's. Yeah. I mean, St. Elmo's, you got to go to St. Elmo's, but if you have been there, yeah, I'd go to livery and it's, it's, uh, it's good. It's good food. Okay. 
Cool. Uh, so you said St. Joe Brewery. Uh, any other breweries that you got out there that you'd recommend? Yeah, so my favorite brewery uh, in the city is called Taxman. Um, okay, I've heard, yeah. A, yep, so they... Yep. The, I actually know the people who started it. They actually went, used to go to church with us, and um, they were old accountants for Cummins, like the, the yeah. motor companies. And they uh, started a you know brewery. Uh, oh gosh, it's been, it's been ten years ago, and everything is named after some sort of financial term. So they have like exemption, <laughs> deduction, you know, all that stuff. But nice. it's a Belgian style beer, dude. It is. Woo, but it's dangerous because they're high alcohol the content <laughs> yep. too. So yeah, it's good most stuff. of those most of those Belgians are nine point ers Yep, yeah, Belgian. If you like Belgian stuff, dude, it's it's good good beer. I have a lot of it in my beer fridge. So nice. Um, so uh, if oh, well, we this is a this is a given if you've gone to FDIC. Um, but what uh what bars do you recommend around uh? around indie man i'm not a huge bar guy um my probably my favorite if i gosh my go-to is probably chatham tap um okay it's a so it's actually like an english soccer pub um and the reason i go there honestly the beer's good but they have uh the best wings you'll ever eat in your entire life they're called prince dean angel wings um and uh i if you if you like wings yeah that's a really really good spot it's on massachusetts avenue which there's a bunch of bars and stuff on that that kind yeah. of strip so yeah so chatham tap that's what i'd recommend um what was it uh if my memory serves me right is that the wild beaver that's still there yeah i think that's yeah the one. there's that had, a there's that like has a, the mechanical bull in it right yeah, there's a yep. there's one that um, <laughs> my brother was telling me that all the firefighters go to, but I can't remember which one it was. Um, it's I don't know the name, but it's directly across from Lucas Stadium. Yeah, um, it's yeah. He was telling me he's like, yeah, that's sort of like the firefighter bar. So I I don't even know if I've ever been in it before, but but yeah, Chatham Tap for the wings. So that's cool. What I would suggest. Um, and then being indie, uh. You guys are a big racing town. Any uh, monuments or other places of interest to check out while we're uh, while you're down there? You know, check if you haven't been to the track. You should definitely go to the track. I mean, the speedway is really cool. Um, you know, I've been there tons. Uh, the coolest time I've ever had there is uh, I've ran the the mo- or the uh, um, uh, mini marathon. I've ran that several times, and uh, you get to run around the track. Oh, that's cool. Um, <laughs> it sucks because <laughs> it's like two and a half miles, and you're, <laughs> you're like, oh, man, this is like, this isn't that bad, and then you're like running it, and you know, you can like, you know, you're running like a half marathon, so it's yeah, you know, 13 miles. But that track, dude, it just seems like you're on it forever. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, and then, you know, there's, uh, they have a, like a museum there and, and stuff. And then, you know, there's other like smaller raceways, but in Indy, like, you know, that's, if you haven't been to Speedway, it's iconic. You should definitely go check it out. So cool. And then uh, last but not least, um, any kind of, well, in Indy itself, I know there's not, but going south, any uh, 
skate parks or uh, other places for other recreational activities like hiking or uh, biking, anything like that to check out uh, in that area? Yeah, so we have um, Brown County State Park is is sort of known for their mountain biking. They have yep. uh, people from all over come to Brown County. I'm not a mountain biker, uh, but uh, I, I have a lot of friends who do. Um, the one I was referring to that Sugar Creek runs through is probably my favorite state park. It's um, a Turkey Run State Park, so it's west of the city. Uh, but it's sort of a it's a really unique area because it's where the um, basically the glacier melt carved these huge canyons. So the glaciers in Indiana stopped uh, just south of Indianapolis. So the big glacier that came through the city, it stopped. And you can see it's crazy. If you look at a topo map, everything north of the city is flat. Everything mm-hmm. south of the city has rolling hills. And oh, yeah. So the whatever the glacier name was that, that stopped right there, all that melt off, a bunch of it ran into Sugar Creek. So Sugar Creek is sort of like uh, a really cool, um, unique area because of that glacier melt. And it has a bunch of rock, uh, granite and stuff that's not native to Indiana because it all came out of that glacier. Um, and it created like a microclimate. So there's actually trees like hemlock trees are only found natural in the sugar Creek like area. Um, and that's what makes it cool. Like it's just, you go to sugar Creek and it feels like you're not in Indiana. Um, but Turkey run and shade state park are both, uh, a lot of hiking, a lot of stuff you can do. And it's the sugar Creek runs right through the middle of both of those. So that's what I'd recommend. That's pretty cool, man. I'm actually looking on your on your guys' Instagram again because I think what you're describing, and I can't see it right now. I'm going to share the screen with you, but yeah. there was a picture that you guys had, and it kind of it had a you guys were drinking uh, some banquets in that picture. <laughs> was that? And it kind of looks like what you're describing. So that's actually Flat Rock. So that's, okay. a little, that's a little bit different of a river. Um, there's a bunch of pictures of Sugar Creek on both mine and like Smalley Talks and and uh, uh, my personal page. But you can see like okay. on on the Cheegan page. Um, so like, uh, where's one? Like you go Let's down. See. So there's one of uh, Andrew's like standing the sun shining behind him. That Sugar Creek. Um, the one where we're standing around a campfire at Sugar Creek, the one of the underwater picture of the fish at Sugar Creek. So, um, it's there's some there are such cool places like that river. It's a it's not a huge river like in in parts like it's you know it might be um, that no that picture right there that's in Montana but yeah I was gonna say man the glaciers <laughs> yeah, weren't not... that big <laughs> <laughs> no 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 no. Uh, so if you scroll up like towards the newer stuff um you'll see some of the uh, sugar creek stuff but um uh, yeah it's uh sugar creek's just dude it's such an awesome place like it's it's Kinda if you haven't been there hard. so those that's all yep. that's not yeah keep going i'll show you i'll show you it's like up up a little bit further so that's not that's downtown indianapolis so yeah keep going the next next little 
page, you're going to see some. And it, it's not, yeah, so that Sugar Creek right there, the one where he's looking at the fish, um, it's okay. hard to tell. Like, it's not a huge river. Like, I would say in places, it's probably, I don't know, maybe, gosh, I'm trying to think of how wide it is, maybe 80 yards across. It's not, like, huge, um, but it's it's big enough to where you can put, you can't put a boat on it, but you can put, like, a kayak or a raft on it and it's uh it's just a cool place man it holds a special place in my heart let's just put it that way so awesome yeah i got i got a place like that it's uh you know it's it's for me it's uh here in illinois it's just like how sugar creek is for you it's not the you know we it kind of like how um uh white river is in indiana uh, it was it's a smaller um river system uh it's called the Desplaines river which yep, flows in that. yep and uh there's a certain spot on it that's uh it's it kind of gets where it, it's shallow no it, it's deep and then it gets super super shallow but it, it's like the one spot like i because i grew up fishing this river and you know i where i fished it was predominantly uh pike and I, you know, it was just, you know, and people were like, oh, it's pike carp, you know, that river's trash. But once I started figuring out how this river is, so yeah, is there pollution? Yes, because it, it used to, it, it has been cleaned up a lot. There's money put into it, but it's a natural silt. Um, so there's never going to, there's not, there's not any springs that feed in. It's always going to have a stain to it. Once you start understanding that and understanding how this river flows and knowing that there's silt, muck, and a bunch, I mean, the, it, it's not, there's rock, yes, is there rock bottoms? Yeah, absolutely. But then it gets cut, those rocks get covered in moss. So there's never a clear running water. However, just like the colors on this smallie, as I look at it, some of these smallmouth, are lighter with those like those camouflage stripes that just stick out so much. I mean, the most beautiful smallmouth I've caught have come from that stretch of river, and yeah, it, it is all based upon you know the camouflage. Could could you get an all you know bronze color one where it's super dark? Yeah, if they're holding in deeper pockets or if they're sitting in that muddier you know water because it changes you know they change their environment, but. Some of those colors, man, just are freaking awesome. And you oh, know, yeah. just just like you, that that displays holds a. Even though it, you're not catching the biggest of fish there, you know, you're, it just it's an awesome place to fish that's close to home. Yeah, man. Uh, smallmouth. That's one of the things we love about them. You know, those spots that that come uh, out. You know, and they change. You know, I've seen them when they're doing their whole little spawning dance. They'll flash those spots. Um, they, yep. the, the male will like flash and unflash and flash and unflash. And it's cool. I've seen them do it. It almost looks like it's like a light switch. They're turning on and off. So, um, <laughs> it's neat. It's a neat, uh, thing. It's what I, I think a lot of that's for me, like the allure of it is just like how cool they look, you know, they're just a cool looking yep. fish. I mean, that's the trout guys that they go catch those tiny little brookies and stuff. And, um, that's the lure to them, right? They're colorful sure. and they're they're cool looking, and yeah. you know, to me, a smallmouth man, I love I, a good like spotted smallmouth. There's not much better than that for me. 
So mm-hmm. I feel you on that. But uh, you know what? I'm going to give you a, a quick little pause here if you're up for it. Uh, we're going to roll right into uh, one sip. Everybody knows the rule. Do you have one of your beers uh, that you'd like to try? take a sip with? Um, I can go grab one if you want. Yeah, me to. go for it. Yeah. All right. All right. Hang on. Let me go grab one. One hour, ten minutes. All right, I got it. All right. We're going to come back in at 110. Actually, we'll go with 111. All right, so we're going to roll in, and I'll lead us in. All right, boys and girls, it's time for one sip. Everybody knows the rules. Brought to you by Rocktown Adventures here in Northern Illinois. For all your kayaking and camping needs, check out Rocktown Adventures. So today we are going to be sipping Black Horizons because that's our local brewery that has been awesome, uh, at least to four-star fishing and paddle and fin. They play us all the time. I walk in, they're playing the podcast in the brewery. So that's awesome. kudos to them. So uh Black Horizons. Uh, shout out to Derek out there for uh, keeping us in the mix and uh, putting us on uh, at your guys' brewery. So this is their uh, the Horizonte Azul. It's the uh, Mexican-style lager. It's a very easy-drinking beer. It's only 4.8 with an IBU of 10. Um, so I'm not going to give the spoiler, but I'm going to tell you what my face is every time I drink this. So let's give her a good pour. And then go ahead, what are you drinking? Uh, so true to what I was saying, uh, giving advice, doing a little tax, man. Uh, we're doing a blood orange gold standard. So this is Oh, a, dreamsicle. Yep, it's a Belgian blonde ale with fruit. And this one's a little stiffer, but it's not it's six point two, so it's not it's not terrible. Uh, I'll take a definitely take a sip and then some of this. Awesome. <laughs> so we can do well, one chug instead of one sip. <laughs> so you could do, yeah. I mean, one chug, my chugs are, or my sips are chugs. So that's what this uh, comes down to. So once we're, uh, once we're done with our chug, give your uh, review of it out of five stars. What would you give your beer? So, all right. Sounds good. Cheers. Right. Cheers, man. Yeah, buddy. That's um that's man, that's so refreshing. <laughs> All right, Especially what's your, when what's your review? What's your star rating on that? All right, so star wise, um definitely give it, it it's up there. I'll give it a four out of five. Um it's very refreshing. There's a good malts behind it. Uh honestly, you could you could sit here and drink this all day. The only thing that I 
I would say that I don't like about it, um, or the only thing that would kind of stop me from drinking is because of how malty is at times, you get fuller faster, uh, yeah. at least for, for me. Um, but it's uh, very crisp. It's very refreshing. You just got to watch how many of these you drink so you don't get too full on them. Yeah. So uh, four out of five. Uh, and I, there hasn't been a, a beer from this brewery that hasn't been below a four. So, Okay. Okay, I like it. Um, so I'm going to rate mine a little bit different. We do this on Smalley Talk. So we rate it, um, we rate it like equate it to the length of a small mouth. Oh, so, nice. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give this one a 17. So okay. it's not, it's not a trophy, but it's, uh, it's a nice solid small mouth, still puts up a good nice. fight. Um, yeah, this one is, uh, definitely good. It's, this is leftover from my summer, like, stash that I had. And it is like more of a lighter, easier drinking one. I t- my favorite beers are the dark, um, a little thicker beer where you drink one and you're just like you're set. One or two of Dude, them and you're good to go. <laughs> we're we're in brown and stout season right now, man. I know. My last my last episode. I don't know if you watched it or listened or not. My it was uh Kentucky Bourbon Ale. Oh yeah, from, uh, found, from founders. So yep. or founders. the Kentucky Bourbon Stouts. Yeah, the KBS, the, dude. That's the KBS. Uh, yep. That it was that's exactly up my alley for the sure. Cin- it was the uh, cinnamon vanilla stout, man. Whoo. Yep. Yeah, that and those are like for me. I'm not a guy that like will sit around and drink beer all day. I just I, for whatever reason I I don't. But I'll I'll have one or two when I come home sometimes, and I I just want them to count. You know, I don't want yeah. to drink a six pack to, <laughs> to get my, you know, a little buzz going. I want to, I want to drink one or two and be done with it. Um, and that's why some of those darker beers are typically a little higher alcohol content. So do you, I, I'm pretty sure you guys do. Do you guys, it's going to be coming up within the next couple of weeks. Do you guys get the uh, goose Island, the, uh, um, the, their barrels? Uh, what do you call that? Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I've had them before. Um, oh my god! I I have them every year, and there's it's, been isn't more... it like a bourbon? It, it's yeah, some kind of bourbon Bur- barrel. K- Kentucky bourbon? No, not uh, Kentucky. Bourbon County, Bourbon yes, County, Bourbon County. Yep. Yes. How um, can I? <laughs> yeah. So you know where I had that last time um, was at a place called Basbos. It's a pizza place, um, okay. and they they had it. Um, that's a la- honestly that's the last time I had that, and it was good. It and that was like it was like. 15 percent or something crazy like they're, that yeah they're extremely high in concentration yeah. yeah it was like oh wow uh i need to like sober up a little bit after i drink one <laughs> of these uh a- ask my wife about the first time we were dating and this was the first time we went to uh one of the local bars that taps they get uh different kegs of different you know variety so there's a different you know variety style so like they'll have the co- like Instead of the stout, they'll do like a coffee stout or a barley wine or, you know, infuse it some way or another. Um, we first started dating, man. Oh, my God. That night was a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's She'll it. tell you all about it. <laughs> that, those will get you real fast. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure, dude. So, yeah, cool. I, I love me some good beer for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, man, we're uh, winding down to it before. Uh, before we say goodbye, is there anybody or um, 
anything you want to shout out to give uh give some kudos to want to put them out there yeah man um you know there's i won't say there's like any uh necessarily people uh besides just the people that you know like yourself that you know promote a chicken we really appreciate like our you know when we launched really didn't know what to think and how people perceive it and the the early adopting smallmouth crowd has been unbelievable just the enthusiasm stuff behind it you know i know one of your um you know other hosts brad uh hicks he's been a great advocate for us and you know anytime people repost and tag us and all that stuff that means a lot to us so just you know people listening to this like keep doing it because that it does it, it, it it's what you know for right now you don't have thousands of dollars in the bank to throw in marketing like that's what our marketing is you know it's our people who have bought from us and are enthusiastic about it so you know we appreciate that um but uh you know if you want to check us out you know at com is our website um you know we're on instagram as sort of our main platform so we're at uh brand on instagram um and then, uh, you know, Smalley Talk, if you guys don't listen to that, we're, we're on all the major podcast platforms. We don't do the fancy video stuff like Paddle and Finn, but because uh, <laughs> uh, this, you know, our faces are more faces for radio. So we keep oh. ourselves <laughs> out of that as much as possible. But uh, um, but yeah, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, into smallmouth and stuff, you know, follow, follow us and, and I'm sure we'll be, we won't disappoint, so. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you guys just keep up the great work. You know, you guys, you guys are starting from uh, the ground up and you guys are gaining traction. So, you know, just keep pushing forward, man. And we'll do whatever we can to keep helping you guys, you know, yeah, we love to see you guys it. grow. Yeah. If anybody wants to buy anything from us, I'll, I'll put a little discount code in uh, bleed bronze 15. So, uh, you can put that in the show notes. It's a one-time yeah. code, but you get 15% off your purchase. So if anybody wants to use that, feel free. And uh, um, yeah, it, any, any you know, we respond to all the DMs and comments and stuff. So if you're ever like looking at something, you have a question or anything about how something fits or whatever, shoot us a message. We'll get back with you. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Guys. Thank you for giving that code out to our listeners. I'll make sure to put that in the link. And uh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, man. And they, you know, thank you for your time for coming on to the show. No problem, JP. It was a pleasure, I, man. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely uh, I'll post the link to this to our page so people can can listen to it for sure. Cool, man. Well, stand by. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be closing out the show. But before we close out the show, there's a couple things I want to give. Uh, we had to give notice to so to the uh, to Yak Gadget. To Pelican Cases and 153 Baits. And then just want to leave you guys with this. Um, you know, on this show, I, I it's no secret about anything that goes on. I'm very open with about what's going on with uh, a lot of things. So it's we're coming up to the holidays. And, you know, there's a lot of things that are going on for other people. And I want you guys, everyone who's listening, just to do one thing. If you don't do anything else, be nice. Be nice to anyone who's around. Even if they're having you you have no idea what somebody's going through. 
you know, the holidays are tough time for people. Um, you know, we all get together, but there's some people who can't get together. There's people who are fighting battles we don't know. So for some people who the holidays may not be the best time of the year for them, just be nice to everybody that's out there. And with that, I leave you guys uh, till next time on Off the Water. Peace. Welcome back to the Palin Finn Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Yakas for all your fine quality kayak fishing accessories. Go to yakgadget.com. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode One. of Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, in Finn.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle in Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, in Finn at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle in Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com.